Hi, in today's podcast with J.R. Spear, a trainer, past MMA gym owner, and bootcamp business owner, you will learn how to put on one-day events to explode your membership. You'll also learn how to market these one-day events and how to offer your events and even training at places where rent is as low as $20 for access. You'll also learn how to handle multiple prospects at once at your event so you can still close everyone who is interested even if you're running the event with just one helper. It's so much great information. Stay tuned. Fitness coaches, get more clients by learning the secret techniques successful trainers and gym owners are using to grow their business in person and online. Create multiple streams of income by training clients online, selling challenges, and growing your membership. This is the Fitness Business Secrets Podcast, and I'm your host, Christy Oshita. I've built two fitness businesses to about a half million dollars each by improving marketing, sales, and operations. Let's grow your sales and your clients. Hey, Fitness Business Secrets listeners. Before we get to the show, here's something I've been working on. In my how-to guide to put on a fitness challenge that you can check out for free at fitnesssecrets.co, I go into detail how important it is to always make sure your challenge comes back to losing weight because despite how important, for example, cutting out sugar is, I just don't find people as enthused about cutting out their daily cookie. However, it's important to spice up your challenge so it's not always like the biggest loser challenge. So in the break, I'm going to go over how I'm going to be positioning the Immunity Boost Finish Challenge so that it would be relevant focusing on immunity, but also interest people who probably want to lose the weight that they've gained from staying at home. Hello, everyone. I am excited today because we're going to get the inside secrets from multiple six-figure business owner, J.R. Spear, on how to get online training clients paying as much as $2,500 per ticket. J.R. is a real-life life and fitness rock star because he's a fourth-degree black belt and a combat veteran who spent four years in Iraq. After getting out of Iraq, he opened his own martial arts school. JR, who currently lives in Stafford, Virginia with his wife and four kids, knows the fitness business. He's been a personal trainer, owned multiple six-figure businesses, and in addition, he's done over a dozen triathlons. So what I really like about this guy is he has tons of energy, he posts really cool videos, and his clients just love him. They talk about how he's transformed their fitness business. So I'm sure he's going to give us tons of secrets on how we can start to get more online clients today. So JR, thanks for joining us. Thanks for serving for the country. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thank you so much. And to clarify, I didn't, I spent four years in the service, but not four years in Iraq. So it was, uh, yeah, no problem. It was nine months in Iraq, but you know, that's okay. That's still a long time. And (laughs) thank you still. Yeah. Tell, just tell us a very robust background. Tell us more about your fitness and business background. Yeah. So to start out, I kind of grew up in the industry my entire life. So starting at a young age, you know, I grew up in a family of martial arts and fitness my entire life. So I started training when I was three years old. I have four sisters and my mom's always owned a business. So we all just kind of lived and breathed that lifestyle every single day. So like before we go to school, we would be in the martial arts school and we come home Uh, before we go home at the end of the day, we'd be at the martial arts school until all hours of the night. So that was just a daily lifestyle. And I just thought everyone, you know, did that. So it's just kind of 
uh, our norm for my family. And I started coaching when I was 13 years old, you know, from even a teenager all the way up through my adult life is kind of where I got exposed to teaching and leading and, you know, just kind of helping other people, you know, get stronger, get healthier. And just at that time it was mainly the martial arts and then mm-hmm. went in the military right out of high school and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm out of the service, you know, I'm back in my rack now, now what? And I just kind of jumped into not knowing anything about business, but just stuck to my roots of what I knew. And that was martial arts. So I knew how to teach and coach people. I did it. I trained a ton of Marines and and martial arts as well. So it was just something that became very, very norm for me. And I just kind of took a leap of faith and jumped right into it. So that's kind of how I started my entrepreneur life. Nice. So really, it was in your bones and you started doing it as a living when you got out of the service. How was that journey though? You know, I mean, a lot of people have started fitness, but really making it successful is hard. So how did you do and what did, what type of school did you open? What type of businesses did you end up starting? Yeah. So my first business, it it was a martial arts and I incorporated a ton of fitness within it. And I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat, it was not an easy road. I mean, I, I was really good at teaching, but I had no clue about business and it was, it was a struggle. You know, I was barely making $500 a month, able to keep the lights on. Um, I was going to school part-time as well. So I was trying to be, live this entrepreneurial life plus going to school and not really bringing a lot of money, but just had a lot of savings that I had from coming back from, from Iraq. So, but to kind of jump into it, you know, I knew right off the bat that I needed help. I needed a coach. It was more out of like desperation. So I was like, okay, what, what do what do, what do I need to do to build this business, to see it as something that I can provide for a future family at that time and stuff like that. So I hired a coach, you know, I, I did a lot of research to figure out who in that space did really well and found a guy named Mike Metzger, who is absolutely amazing and pretty much kind of transformed my way of thinking and the way that I, I did business. And the way I really grew it was in my epiphany and like the big aha for me was doing live events. Mm-hmm. and he showed me like how to, well, first off to create an offer. So how do you create an irresistible offer that's going to be able to attract more paying, a higher paying clients and get them to convert for longer terms. So mm-hmm. instead of just getting a person that's paying month after month after month and paying, you know, just $50 a month or hundred dollars a month, whatever it is, not knowing that they were going to continue the next month was a little bit scary. But when he showed me how to build an irresistible offer, how to host a live event, like what did that look like? And then how to present it. So when people are there in the event and we're done with the event, we talk about our new program and convert them over to a, a longer term, high paying client. That that's what really transformed my business and how I really mm. started to grow that. And I, 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 after I sold a martial arts school after several years and I started an outdoor group fitness program, I grew that boot camp program, you know, three different cities and, you know, really mm. expanded quick, but I duplicated the same systems that I learned from the martial arts school. And that was doing one day events. Hmm. And that's kind of like the system that I'm teaching a lot of my clients nowadays is how to execute one day events and the power of using an irresistible offer and then how to close them. So Hmm. that's, that's pretty much how I really transformed my business. And I was able to duplicate it in multiple different businesses. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like, I did see that video and I was actually really curious on it. I was, you know, I was really wanted to, I, I'm going to ask you about the online training clients, which one do you think is, is more interesting right now to talk about? I mean, honestly, both of them kind of tie tie into it. So, okay. like for online, 
online training clients. So when they, when people think of online training, they think every, all the clients need to come from, from virtual, from, from online social media or wherever it's at. But the reality is people forget about the people in the backyard. They forget about the people in their community, ones that already know them know, and like them and trust them and that want to buy their mm -hmm. services. So just because they're an online coach doesn't mean you can't prospect to people that are in your backyard. Mm -hmm. So utilizing one day events in your backyard can definitely help you become the trusted professional in your area and to be able to convert them to online clients. So you don't okay. have to yeah. just do get online clients from online. I mean, you do that. It's a great place to, to be at because you can reach a huge audience, but you can still get high paying clients right in your backyard. And the best way to do it is building the community and building the trust factor from people that already know you in your backyard. Huh. Okay. So that's a big aha. I, I didn't, I, yeah, I assumed that you'd get all these clients on social media or something. So, all right. So we will talk about online training clients if that's okay. And then, and maybe yeah, touch on, you know, using these uh, events because I'm so curious how you did these events. I saw a bunch of your videos on it because at when I was running Alana in Brooklyn, we tried to do a few events. I don't think we did them that great in as in the way you are doing. We could have improved it a lot, but we tried to do like workshops or, to, you know, a new intro one. We did Kegel muscles, which is more a ladies thing. But th that was I, I we were trying to get into this. So hearing how you made it successful is really interesting. I'm curious for the your boot camp that you grew. Like, what is what's a quick story on that? How did you get started? How did you grow it to other cities? And, and how did you use events for that? Yeah, so I kind of just fell into it because I needed something else to do. And I, I you know, just for privacy purposes, I'm not going to say what, how I got out of the martial arts school. Just, okay. But you know, ultimately, you know, it was a family owned business and we just needed to separate our ways. So I ended up selling off my side of the business and then started something else. I was young. I think I was only maybe 24 at the time, 25 at the time. And I was like, okay, what am I going to do? So I knew at the time I was like, okay, I'm. I didn't really want to start teaching kids anymore. And I wanted to just focus on adults. And mm -hmm. I, I kind of had my target market is like, okay, I, I really love helping people lose weight and transform their bodies and their minds and just make them feel healthier overall. So I really wanted to build it. And I, I didn't really know what the program was going to look like, but you know, I spent a lot of hours. There was a lot of grind and hustle. So literally from when I closed that martial arts or sold, walked away from the martial arts school, I spent the next uh, probably two weeks going door to door. And I knocked on every single door, not not just businesses, but residents and starting conversations, building connections with people that were within about three to five mile radius of where I was going to host my first class and mm. had, a, had a little flyers. And it was tough. I spent like 80 hours a week just doing that. But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm desperate to get out there and get some clients. And I got seven new clients that mm. you know trusted me and that, that jumped on board. And those seven clients stayed with me for like the next decade of me having my business. And they're still really good friends with mine today. Nice. But that that was kind of the start of my journey. I really didn't know, have a vision or a plan of where I was going to take it at the time. It was just like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to start this. And then it just kind of developed. I mean, honestly, just listening to my clients, hearing what their problems were and what they wanted to see. And it really grew. So the name of the business was PowerFit Bootcamp. Mm -hmm. And just the name itself, the, the all my clients kind of trans, like developed the name of saying, hey, are you PowerFit or I'm PowerFit? And it just became a very big trend within within the program that everyone was striving to get power fit. Mm. And uh, that that was something with, that I found was really huge is if you want to build a client of a lifetime or a raving fan, they have to have something or, that they feel like they're part of something. They mm -hmm. have to feel like they're part of a community. Mm -hmm. And when, that, when someone, one of my clients would say, hey, you know, get power fit or are you power fit? 
it was kind of like the motivating factor and it's something that they grasped onto and owned. Mm. So it started growing and growing, you know, just kind of organically by doing that. But then I was like, okay, how can I bring people together and, you know, get, bring more people together, offer like an event and do more uh, group closing. And that's why I developed the one day events, but you know, I can just kind of stem back from my martial arts roots and how I did that and just did the same program. So the way I, I made it to be pretty successful mm. was, well, first off, you need to have a theme. You have to have a reason why people are going to be there. It has to be something fun. You have to have something that is going to, that people are going to look forward to. So like, for instance, new year, you know, new year, new you, everyone mm -hmm. wants to get on the big hype, take advantage of it for fitness. You know, I, everyone wants to complain about new year's resolutions and saying, Hey, don't grasp on the new year's resolutions, but use that as an opportunity because reality is people are still going to think about new year's resolutions. You know, what are they going to do to help them, you know, make this year better. And a lot of trainers are trying to jump on the trend saying, well, don't think about New Year's resolutions and it should be something you do all the time, which is great and we should. Mm. But why not use that to your advantage? If, if people are thinking about it mm -hmm. and that's what they want to do and that's what's helping them get started, then use it to your advantage. So I would do like a, a new year, new you type thing. And I would, I would bring in like 60 to 100 people in one place at one time. And I would have maybe one or two people helping me, but learning how to control a class uh, that size and I would say probably 40% of them are all new guests trying it for the first time. And I'm able to close a high percentage of them over to new sales. You know, that was a big, big push to the growth of my business. Yeah. But I wouldn't just wait for the new year. So I would do that. And I was like, okay, well, let me do another one right before summer. Okay, let me do one like at the end of summer, like back to school type thing. And let me do one in November where it would be like uh, not a paid event, but it was more of like a, you know, getting money for a fundraiser for like Thanksgiving type thing to feed families. So you, you figure out what theme that you want and what it's going to be like summer could be like, uh, you know, getting, getting skinny for the summer or whatever you want or swimsuit season or whatever you want to call it. You could do an event for Thanksgiving or for a uh, Valentine's day where it's like getting couples together. Mm -hmm. So choosing a theme is going to be really cool because that's, what's going to make it fun. And then, and then you, you know, tailor the class or the event around that. But the the thing is, every event is pretty much the same exact thing. It's just one way to make it fun and interesting to bring people in. Hmm. Well, first off, number one is uh, that I forgot to mention first mm. is you have to choose a date. So your date and time, and that is the number one thing that you have to do before you do anything. Because the reality is you can, you can have all the excitement and, you know, the thought of wanting to do an event. Mm -hmm. But if you don't actually put something on the calendar to schedule it, you're never going to make it happen. And I always tell everyone, that first off, procrastination is a dream killer. And whatever you need to get done, you push it off till that next night. Well, that next night is going to turn to the end of the week. The end of the week right. is going to be the end of the next month. Next month is going to turn to next year and next year will never come. So if you don't schedule it, it's never going to happen. So I always encourage people, first thing to do, schedule a date. Schedule a date, schedule a time, and the location where you're going to do it. That way, you know it's in there. And then you're going to work that much harder to be able to build your event. Yeah, and I'm so curious. That, so w we, when we ran our events, we it was exactly the same. We were like, oh, we should do this workshop. And then we'd get in touch with the teacher and we'd put it off. And then next thing you know, we were scrambling and we didn't kind of give us enough time, ourselves enough time to promote it. For yeah. How much time do you recommend someone give themselves from the point of listening to this, being inspired and saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to set a date. But I want, you know, I kind of also want them to give themselves enough time to promote it. So how much time when they have nothing planned should they give themselves before it's scheduled? I mean, before they mm -hmm. have it. 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I, I'll tell you a little backstory about me is because I, I found out that events were so great yeah. um, when I was running them. So I got to a point where I was doing almost at least one event a month. Wow. And I still coach people on how to do that, but they're not all paid events and have the same thing. So you may have free events, paid events, things that are, are used to you know, draw in new clients for referrals or whatever it is, but offering something because you want to, you want a reason to bring people together and the more you can bring people together, the greater your community is going to grow and people are going to feel like they're part of something. Mm. But in regards to timing wise, the ones that I've put, I put together and I gave myself at least four to six weeks to planning it out and advertising and marketing were more successful than ones that I just tried to throw together and only had like one or two weeks mm. to plan out. Mm. So I would say third, probably four to six weeks is a good time frame because there's a lot that goes into it. Everything from your sales page to your social media marketing plan to uh, connecting with those in your community to telling your clients to you know build up the the excitement and momentum for them to build up the excitement even with your your team members to make sure that they're going to do it and then having an incentive for your team members of if they're bringing people and you guys have like maybe I mean you can get creative where if you sign up so many new people or you have so many new guests then you're going to reward everyone you know just kind of building getting getting everyone excited as much as you can it it takes time yeah. and you don't want to just throw it together and do it last minute. Okay. So four to six weeks is kind of my recommendation for it. Yeah, that sounds good. And, and still tight if you've never done one, but at least four to six weeks makes sense. And for your outdoor boot camp, that's what I understood you're saying is an outdoor boot camp. Did you have your event outside, uh, even though for the, your events, did, or did you do it inside somewhere? You know, my boot camps were very unique. I mean, everyone tries to say, well, boot camps are not good because if there's bad weather, then you're, you won't be able to have a class. Mm. And I always found, I, like I knew exactly the type of locations where we had a class. I always make sure there was an indoor backup. Mm. So we always try to make sure that our classes were outside. But what people forget is like, where, where can you offer a class where you don't have to have a big overhead and it allows you to still be mobile and, and you know, run your business wherever you want. And my biggest niche was churches mm. uh, because churches always have dead space. They always have dead times where they're not doing anything and they need a little extra income. And I negotiated everything from free to maybe $25 a, a class that I did. And it worked very, very well for me. So I was able to coordinate or work with so many different churches and within our community and area. And you just had a ton of classes going around all around my city. Nice. So yeah. that, yeah, so if we could do it outside, my weather policy was normally 40 and below, we went inside. And of course, if it was raining, we went inside. Mm. But normally, you know, we try to stay outside as much as possible. Mm. Nice. And I, I guess everyone's thinking, oh, this is so great. I'm thinking this is amazing. I want to do this. But how did you get people to show up? What was the tricks? Because I could put up a bunch of flyers. And for me, that hasn't really worked. Yeah. So the, the secret is the giveaway. Mm. So you have, you have your theme, but you have to have a thousand dollar giveaway and it's no different than ha and like thinking about your irresistible offer. And when you're thinking about your irresistible offer, you want it to be 10 times greater than what your normal program actually is. And that's what makes it so irresistible and why people want to sign up for it because they're adding value to it, but there's no difference in getting people there. So what is your giveaway? And I always found when I had something of value that was a thousand dollars or more, usually brought in way more people and referrals than it did of just kind of throwing things together. So if you, and it doesn't have to be a thousand dollars cash, you know, think about it, like your offer, which you normally give and give a thousand dollars or more value. So get creative with it. Maybe it's you offer a group fitness program and you're giving six or 12 month membership away. It doesn't hurt you to have an extra body in that class if you're running a group fitness. So mm -hmm. why not offer a free membership to give people there to 
get them excited. I mean, I guarantee you, if you say, hey, I'm giving away a free 12-month membership for our group for fitness training, mm. you're going to get a lot of referrals. And, you know, I always did a thing where if they came, if they were a member and they came, they got one one free ticket. And every guest that they came, they got five tickets that they get put in the drawing. And then we, mm. we did the drawing at the end. Nice. So I always gave away multiple prizes, like little small things. I'll go to five and below and buy like yoga mats and jump ropes and things I'll give away. But my big prize is always the last thing. And it always had to be $1,000 more or value. Mm. Another creative thing is find out other sponsors in the area. Maybe I always start with my clients. Like who, who in my class or who's a client of mine that offers a business that I can help, you know, get you know, promote in a way. So they, I'm going to go to them and say, Hey, you know, can you want to donate something that we can give away as a prize? And maybe you could be the one presenting it. Well, then they're going to be excited because they're getting a chance to, to spotlight their business. They're doing the drawing and they're also giving away something of value that if someone's going to want. So you can, you can reach out to clients with that or just local businesses that you would want to be part of it and give away different things like there. So that'll, that helps br bring in other communities, other vendors who are going to be excited about telling other people to bring them in there. But Having that thousand dollar giveaway was always like my secret sauce that brought people in. Mm. The bigger the prize, the more people I'm going to have there. Yeah, and how would you uh, promote the? So once you have that prize giveaway, the thousand dollar offer, how do you promote that to incentivize people to come in? Yeah. So well, now I mean, when I was running that, social media was not near as big. So at the time when I was doing a lot of my events, and th granted, I moved to Virginia from St. Louis in 2016. So that's when I sold that business, but I had it for more than a decade in three different cities. So uh, the past three years, I've been focused on other thing, other businesses that I've started and launched in Virginia. But when I was running that, social media wasn't as big. And I would I would reach out to all my clients. I would go to my local vendors. I built a huge network through networking with other, other businesses in the area and stuff like that and just going around talking. But my recommendation right now and the way I promote even my coaching business is, you know, utilizing social media. So, you know, go everything that you do on there needs to have a purpose. So your your every post needs to have a, a purpose for it. it, needs to be shareable, it needs to be likable so that people want to be able to talk about it and see it. So being mindful of everything that you post and having a call to action and, and guiding people correctly on how where to actually find it, how to sign up and all these different things. So social media is huge. Another big way, especially if you're hosting a local event, is you know, get out there and do a ton of lunch and learns with businesses. Businesses really want their employees to be healthy. And I don't care if it's from a nail salon, a hair salon to a big corporation. Mm. Everyone everyone wants their employees to be healthier because first off, they're going to be better to work with in the environment. They're going to be more energized. They're going to be more alert. They're going to be more focused. So the more that we can provide an opportunity to be able to teach and educate them, the the happier that the employer is going to be. Mm. So going into a business and saying, hey, you know, can I offer a 20 or 30 minute free lunch and learn where I'm going to come in? Give and you know talk a little bit about some health and fitness or wellness, whatever topic that you want to do that can offer value, mm. and hopefully that gives you more leads to add to your email list and more opportunity to invite people to come to your class. But you're also giving an opportunity saying, "Hey, I'm also offering this free event that's coming out on this date. We're doing a thousand dollar prize giveaway where you have a chance to win a free twelve month membership or six month membership or whatever it is. That just gives you more opportunities to do that. So going and you know reaching out to the local businesses is definitely a huge way and a huge opportunity even in a great opportunity to start building those connections and relationships to start a corporate wellness program. Mm. So a lot of, a lot of personal trainers are strive to do that. And when you're offering something of value and something that can help them, that just helps build that relationship that much more because you're giving something of free value to them that can help their employers. 
um, doing that. And then also reaching out to your local community. You know, people are scared to, to talk to the people that they already know. They're scared to talk to their friends and family about their services, but why not use it to your advantage? And I mean, it, it almost behooves you to not do that. And it's almost bad if you think that you can't talk to them. Because if you're scared to talk to your family and friends about what you do, then you probably don't believe in your product or service that you're offering anyways. Or you just, you're, the people that you're trying to talk to don't have faith and trust in what you offer too. So I also, I, I believe that you should reach out to your, your community, your network and the people that you already know. And you'd be really shocked about how many people would be excited about wanting to come to a free event with an opportunity to win a free prize or even just tell other people. So those are, those are three main things. And of course, there's a lot other ways that you can get creative to bring people. But if you just, if you work hard and you get out there and do it, you'd be really shocked about how many people that you can get to an event. I mean, just imagine if you talk to 10 people that you're really close to or 10 clients that you already have, even if you don't have 10 clients, but just say you had 10 clients and you talk to them about wanting to come and each one of them bring as a guest. Well, that's another 10 more people they have in class. And now you got 20 people in a class and say you close even just one person, mm. like 10% out of those 10 new guests that come. Well, that one person could be a new 12 month membership or it could be a, you know, a full-time monthly membership that can make a huge difference in your business. And who knows how many people that they can refer to. Yeah. So, I mean, every client counts. So, you know, you just got to work with what you have. And if you don't have a big following already, you need to get out there and network and build relationships within your community so you can build the following and get people mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. I have a question for the, I love the corporate wellness. I had gone to a workshop on it and there's definitely some nice money to be made and good margins. But in general, when you're starting off, I love the idea of starting off with offering something free to this business. And now I'm thinking, okay, so there's the nail salon. I get it. You walk in the owners around or you, you call the owner, but is, are you talking about like slightly larger businesses where you got to get in touch with a special person like the HR. How do you do that for a possibly slightly larger business? Yeah, well, well you it goes to basics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it goes to basics of sales first off is knowing who's in charge of your your wellness program. And normally it is the, the HR person, but I've also ran in situations where it's not the HR person where they actually have a, like a division that deals with uh, health and wellness, like it's the wellness community. Mm -hmm. Or committee. Mm -hmm. So figuring out who that is and just asking questions. And, you know, you got to you got to do the, the, the work and you got to get out there and grind and understand that it's not just going to fall into it. And one call is not going to be enough. Mm -hmm. So it may be if it's a bigger corporation, you may have to start with talking to the front desk person because they're going to be the person that's going to keep you from getting to the top person. Mm -hmm. So just starting to build a relationship with that front desk person, you know, and let them come in there once a week, a couple of times a week and, you know, ask questions, get to know who they are and then see if they'll name drop anyone and then take that name, go do some research and call it there and ask for that person. And then just constantly just show them, Hey, I'm resilient where I want to, I'm, I really want to get to know who you guys are. I really want to offer some value, but you know, if you're trying to get into these bigger corporations, they're not going to let you just walk in and just give you business. You got to actually show something of value and show that you want to be there, not just for an extra dollar and a paycheck, but you want to be there to offer something that's going to help them mm -hmm. and what's going to be beneficial to the employers not just the employees, because they're always going to look at what's, what's in it for me. Mm. And you got to figure, you got to figure that out. Like what, what makes them tick? What makes them figure out like what that's going to benefit them and why they should even let you mm -hmm. in. So it does take some research. It does take some time to understand. And, but if that's what you want to do, if you're going after those bigger corporations, you got to put the mm -hmm. work in. And for the lunch and learn the smaller business, sorry, 
<coughs> like the nail salons <coughs> where the business owner might be easier to get in touch with about how many people are you generally looking for where you feel like it's effective to do uh, a, a mini seminar there? You know, my, my thought is every, every new connection mm-hmm. counts. So yes, you, you kind of want to make it worth your time and stuff, but say you're just starting out. You're not going to be picky and choosy of looking just for five or 10 people to be in front of. You're going to look for every person that you can. So even if it's one person, get in there and talk to that one person and, and build that relationship with them because you don't know who they know. Right. They may have a connection to a bigger corporation or bigger business or a bigger community. You don't know if that person has a ton of friends from college days that they all love to work out together. Hey, I'm part of a running group. We get together every Saturday and, and go run. It was like, oh, instead of doing that, why don't you guys all come here and try out my free event? Or come out here and try a free class or, or whatever it is. So for me personally, if I'm just starting out, I don't care if there's one person there because every every person in my network and every relationship I can build makes a mm. difference. Yeah, nice, nice. And I love that you can add them to your email list. And how about in maybe an urban environment? I don't know what kind of environment, if it's more residential, being in New York City, some part of me is thinking, oh, but this wouldn't work. It's so urban. Do you have any thoughts on if if maybe the person's business is in a very congested downtown area? Now, are you referring to just corporate wellness? Or are you referring to just like doing regular events? I'm thinking, I'm really trying to think if when I was running the gym and we were trying to get more people in, the issue we would come into is we would, let's say, okay, say, hey, let's go talk to all the small businesses nearby. We'd go there. There's one person at the desk two people in the store, you know, let's say it's a clothing store, a nail salon, and we'd say, hey, you know, we want to reach out. And maybe because it's, and maybe not necessarily actually, because it's an urban environment, but I didn't, it was hard to feel like we were making progress there, even if we were like going to do a little event for them, because there wasn't a lot of people in there. It's, these stores are so small. So yeah. yeah, I'm just like, I I mean, we ran into this problem where we didn't know how to get more people for our event. And I think that we could have definitely implemented the $1,000 uh, giveaway, but just even getting people to know about it, just, yeah, trying to get some advice on that. Yeah, so I'm part of a mastermind with uh, Vince Delmonte. Mm-hmm. And one thing that he always says is you got to work off data, not emotions. Mm-hmm. And that really hit home for me recently because a lot of times we, we get so frustrated because we walked into 10 businesses or 20 businesses and we're not really getting a lot of traction. Yeah. But the truth is you, you have to know your numbers. You have to know how, like, how many businesses is it going to take or how many people do I need to get in front of is it going to take before I get that one person that's going to say yes. And when you can understand that, and even if it's you, it takes you to talk to 20 businesses to get one person to even speak with you to get to know, at least you know there's 20 businesses that you got to get through to be able to get, to get that one person. So understand that data. Uh, second off, you know, being in the urban area, it just, I feel like there's more opportunity mm-hmm. there because you have so many businesses that are close by versus that are so spread out. Like my challenge that I had is, you know, being in the, the suburbs and everything like that is businesses were so far spread out and I I had to try to convince them why they needed to drive 20, 30 minutes to be able to come to one Mm -hmm. event on a Saturday morning that's taken away from their family and kids. So Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that that was a harder sell than being someone that's close by where I can knock on way more doors, way more people, opportunities and businesses to be able to speak to in a less time frame. 
I just think that people give up mm. so easy. I mean, they, they get out there and do it and they just like, okay, well, I talked to 10 businesses. I didn't get anything. But then it also comes back. How are you presenting it? Like, what is your offer? Because if you're going in there and you're just saying, hey, I got a free event for people to come to, you know, that, that doesn't, they probably get how many different people that have different workshops or events and things all the time. But what's going to make you different? Like, why, why should they give up their Saturday away from their family and kids to be able to come to you? And that's something you really got to think about. Like what you as a personal trainer, what are you offering that's different than the next personal trainer as a business? What does your business offer that's different than them? And you got to, you got to train your team and your staff that's going to knock on the doors to have that excitement. And, and it goes with the enthusiasm yeah. too. No one wants to talk to someone that just comes in there and just gives information. And they're just, you know, just saying, Hey, you know, dropping off a pamphlet or a flyer. Hey, we got this event, you know, hope you guys can make it and go, but think of it. Hey, that's still a sales opportunity. You got to sell them on why they need to come to yeah. the event and why they can't miss out. There has to be that urgency. There has to be a reason why they feel like that they have to be there. And if they miss out, then it's, there's not going to be another opportunity yeah. like it. So, so what, what does that look like? And every business is going to be different. It's just a matter of going to what your mm -hmm. message is and what is your theme? What is your giveaway? What is something that you can provide that's different? And for, for someone like you, like, uh, for a good example, like I, when I was in St. Louis, I had some corporate businesses that for several years that I ran there, you have to figure out what's going to benefit them. Well, I knew those employees weren't going to come to me. So I actually took my, my business to them and granted being a bootcamp program, I was able to do it, but any personal trainer can do it as well. So I went there and I would offer a class two, three days a week at their facility when the employees got off and, you know, and offered a high, high intense, mm -hmm. you know, full energy class two yeah. or three times a week. And I would have like 15, 20 employees in that one class. That's pretty good. And I'm being paid enough for it. Yeah, it was, it was really good, but people, people just don't, and they, they give up so easy and they just don't think that it's possible. And it's just a matter of knowing who your audience is and who you're going after and what your message mm -hmm. is too. So for me, I think it being an urban area, city area, whatever like that is actually probably a little bit more opportunity than it is in a suburbs area, just because you have way more businesses and people yeah. close by and you can, you can reach more people in a shorter time frame. So even if you take one or two hours out of day to go knock on doors and the next day you didn't get the right people. So go knock on the same doors mm -hmm. again until you get an answer of yes or no. Hey, yes, I'm interested. No, I'm not interested. Or the, I always look for the yes or no, not the maybes. If they say maybe, I still think of, the, okay, I'm going to be back until they give yeah. me a yes or no. And then I try to get people to register that day so I can actually follow up yeah. with them. So you, you have to have that system in, in place as well. So it's like, once you get that information, are you going there just to give up easy where they're just like, get the information and go? Or are you going there because you want to sell them and you want them to come to the event and you want them to try out your program because you have the best program around? Well, if you're going to do that, you need to have a way to get in touch with them. And you need to have a reason for them to give you the information. It's no different than online, where say you set up the sales page. Well, you have your hook. So this is what's going to hook someone in to be able to do it. Now, to get this, you got to give this. So to get this information that's going to help you grow your business or to get this report, you have to give me your email address or your phone number, whatever it is. There's no different than when you're walking into a business. Hey, you know, I'll give you this free, free event, free advice or free whatever, but I need to have something to follow up with. So I need to get your email contact information. Now you can follow mm -hmm. up with them. And it's as simple as saying, hey, Chrissy, you know, I got this event that's coming. You know, you, you showed interest. How about you give me your phone number and I'll follow up so I can give you some more details. And if you give me this, then I'm going to offer a free this or I'll give you a free port. Or I'll give you some healthy recipes. I'll add you my email list so it can help you get that much closer. So having that onboarding process 
being a great experience for them too is definitely going to help set you apart from everyone yeah, else too. Yeah. Okay. Great. So you're saying for social media, are you just uh, would it should we? Is there any special techniques? What's like? What's your favorite technique to get people to opt in for your event? Hey, thanks for listening. It's time for our quick break. I really wanted to make sure I took my own advice and always bring back a fitness challenge to losing weight. But there's always a part of you that's like, oh, this one's different. It's immunity. Everyone's more afraid of dying. But I realized we need to stick to the rule. So to make sure we focus on results after much thought, I found a pretty sexy name that I think will really make the Immunity Boost Fitness Challenge exciting. So we would call it the Immunity Boost Fat Blast Fitness Challenge. That way it can appeal to people who want to lose weight, but feel like a rational decision since since good immunity is a life and death situation. Since I was thinking that you could put on this Immunity Boost Fat Blast Fitness Challenge as a mainly online workout, I think the question is how can we make sure the competition, the challenge is engaging and make sure the virtual aspect doesn't make the motivation fizzle. We'll talk about this more at the end of the show. To check out the cover for the Immunity Boost Fat Blast Fitness Challenge, make sure to go to fitnesssecrets.co and make sure to get on the mailing list so you can be notified first when I do a webinar where I can teach you how to do the, the fitness challenge, which the webinar will be for free. So make sure, since I'm sure that'll be a limited attendance webinar. Okay, make sure to stay tuned till the end of the show so you can find out how to make your online-only fitness challenge super engaging. Okay, back to the show. Yeah, so I, I use this. It's my four-step sales system that I use for everything, whether it's going to be for an event, whether it's going to be for closing on in my DMs or whatever it is. But the when it comes to social media, it's no different than in real life person you use the same process all around no matter what and uh, you got to think about the no like trust mm -hmm. factor but and almost like you're dating your your client and people automatically is like oh wait you know you like my page or you're following my instagram or you're doing this so you must like me you might want to buy my services hey here's my offer and they just jump right to that but they don't take them through that mm -hmm. process so the four steps tail system that i teach you know just kind of keep it very brief is like the first one is content it's pretty much four c's so you got your content you publish and you post so people get to learn your message, but they're not really interested in wanting to buy from you yet. They're just kind of, you know, kind of feeling you out, seeing what you have to say, what you're able to offer. And then once they do, then you're going to get to the communication phase. The communication phase, you still don't have permission to ask them for the sale and you shouldn't. You want to get to know more about who they are. You know, you understand about where they want to go, understand about uh, what, where they're at now in their business or, and then understand like what are some roadblocks in the past and then having a plan that's going to help them get there. And if you can understand where that communication factor is and say it's as simple as they're only liking it, but they're not really commenting, but if they like your stuff, you'll start building that relationship within the DMs and don't just jump in the sale, but learn a little bit more about those four things of their future, their present, their past and, and the plan and kind of go through that process first. So once you kind of get there, you'll kind of know roughly about, hey, you know what? I got, I understand exactly where you want to go. I understand where you're at now and what, what has been keeping you from reaching your goals. And this is a plan that I can help you that's going to get there. And once you get to that plan part and you got permission to almost get them to the conversion. So you got the content, then you have the communication. Now you have the conversion where you can actually talk about your program and, you know, and what you have to offer. 
but it doesn't stop there. So you offer the conversion and you get them in the sale, say they buy your program. And the, the biggest part that people forget is what is what comes after. You got the credit card, you sign them up, they're, they're getting into your program, but now you got to focus mm -hmm. on the community. If you don't focus on the community and get them plugged in where they feel like they're part of something, they're not going to stay with you that long. And you want to create stories. You want to create raving fans of people that are going to stick with you for a lifetime. And so after you get them in, you got to find a way that's going to get them plugged in and stay nice. with you forever. Okay. So I have a really big question. So it sounds like that four-step sales system, which I totally get. And I love that you're that you're kind of saying something big, but which a lot of people might overlook is that you don't ask for the sale up front. I love that what you're saying is to not ask for the sale first and just you know, basically to have that patience because maybe that could be, when we get a lead, that's gold. That could be $50 just to get that lead. So to hold off and get to know them, even if that's through social media, to uh, and then to, to get to the sale. That's that's really interesting. And it sounds like you're saying this four-step sales system is, you use it all the time. So is this the system you also recommend for getting online training clients? Oh, this is 100% online. I mean, you could do it in mm. person as well in the same process. And I, I want to clarify too, like if you want to get more high-ticket type sales, this is where you want to do the grooming. If you're, if you're trying to just convert someone over to like a, a small... $50, $100, $200 mm -hmm. type sale. You don't have to spend as much time because, you know, to me, those are lower offers. But if you're looking to get like the $1,000 or more type clients, it's going to take a longer process for it. So depending on what your offer is and what you're giving, what you're selling and what you're giving away and which, what your program or system is, is going to determine on how you sell that client because it's going to take a little mm -hmm. bit more work. So when I use the sales system, it's going to be all, it's focusing on high ticket sales versus focusing more on the low ticket thing. Because if I'm selling someone that's a lot cheaper, I'm okay with just going in and talking about the value and then I'm able to convert them a, a lot easier. But if I'm wanting to get a higher ticket type sale, then I'm gonna focus on these. And this is done strictly mm -hmm. in my DMs. So if, and so if I find someone that's showing a little bit of interest, I don't care what platform, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, or, or there's another platform that people are using, you know, use the same process all the time. and you can still do the same thing in person too when it comes to networking and getting building relationships mm -hmm. with people. Yeah. That way. So is is the the difference because a person showed interest in a higher ticket item because my initial reaction or what I've been taught also is to is okay, at least get them into a low, some type of ticket item because I I think my fear is if I if I have my first interest is that I'm going to lose them. So I think, oh maybe I should at least get them involved in something and, and you, of course you can correct me but this is just the fear I would have if I was in that situation. Oh, like, you know, if they want to sign up for a $150 product, then it allows me to kind of slowly upsell them without losing them. Since on social media, everyone's attention span is short. What is, what are, what are your thoughts on someone who thinks that? Yeah. And that's a, that's a good question. And my first response is that you're going to attract people the way mm -hmm. that you buy. And that fear is going to come by the way that you purchase. So if you have a fear of selling someone on a high ticket type program, that's probably because you have a fear of buying a high ticket type program mm -hmm. yourself. So if you, if you only start with and you dabble with lower barrier offers at first, that's probably because that's how you buy. And there's a lot of truth and a lot of studies to actually prove that. And, you know, just try it out. Like sometimes go out there and you, you say a coaching program, say you're going to spend $10,000 on a coaching program from someone and and just think about how much more motivated that you are to get out there and, and hustle and work that much more to be able to pay that off and to make sure you got your ROI that much better. You're going to work that much harder and you're going to find those type of clients that are willing to do that. 
because you are going to attract those those same mm-hmm. type of people. I, I'm okay with low barrier offers, but not not right off the bat. I mean, because if they're if they're going to be buying low right then, then they're probably not seeing the value in what you have to offer. They're not trusting in, in the services that you have, so they're not willing to invest that that much into it. So why not just start right off from the top top tier, where it's like, hey, you know what? This is my top program. What I have to offer. Then you work your way down. A lot of people want to start from the bottom and work their way up, but I start from the top and work mm. my way down. So I, if I know that whatever it is, and they they can't afford or they can't do this, and figure out what objections are, then I'm going to find something that they're that I can help meet them where at. But I always work from the top and work okay. my way down, not okay. the other way. Mm-hmm. So because if you start, it's really think about it from any type of sales standpoint. If you start down, it's really hard to get that person to nudge up and like, hey, you know what? I'm already in, and it may be a while before they start seeing the value mm-hmm. moving up. But if you start up, it's a lot easier from the first call to be able to work your way down and find something that works for them. And they might buy your top program or they might buy mm-hmm. the middle tier. Uh, so whatever it is, but offering different programs like that is something that I like to do for myself. But I always start from the top and work my way down. Okay. And not backwards. Yeah, that makes sense. So for the through your four step program, you mentioned really kind of nurturing the communication with when you talk to them on the DM and building the relationship. So you would do do you do that? Let's say we're thinking, and it's probably helpful to think about the exact situation. So let's say we're thinking about the personal trainer who's just started. Uh, maybe they have one or two online clients and they want to maybe build up to six or seven. That's their their goal. And of course, one of their high ticket items is let's say even $4,000, 2500 could be their middle item. And then they have you know, a $1,000 item, $500 item. So would you imagine that they would go through this system and nurture the relationship, even if they may end up just selling, they may, they may know that they, you know, the worst case scenario is they could even sell them a hundred dollar maintenance kind of program, but start at the the high tier and use the same process. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But my biggest thing is if you're, if it's someone mm-hmm. that's just starting out, if you want to get more clients faster is to be really good at okay. one-day events. That means really good at getting people in one room at the same time. I don't care if it's five people or if it's three people or if you have 100 people in there. But if you get really good at getting people in one place and offer an like awesome value where they're able to walk away with the wow factor from that one event and an irresistible offer that they can't refuse before they leave, you're able to build a, a, a quick connection right then with those people because they already got a taste of They're already getting a taste of the type of community and what you have to offer right then, then it is going online is going to be a lot longer mm-hmm. game. So still nurturing and doing everything that you can online and you have to be consistent mm-hmm. with it daily. But if you're just starting out, the fastest way that I believe in the way I've been able to build multiple businesses is through mm-hmm. one day events. So yeah, I always say even start high, even if I'm doing my, my events, I'm going to start with the top tier because at my events or when I'm giving an irresistible offer, you got to understand your offer is going to be worth 10 times more value than it is going to be your regular program. And you're going to over deliver too after that. And so now you got them even more excited about your program and which means they're going to want to tell more people. But if you can duplicate this system over and over and over, that's the fastest way that I believe and has worked for me to bring uh, more people yeah. in the, the quickest. Doing social media online is great and you have to do it. And you got to be consistent with it, but it's a long-term process because people aren't, people need to understand what your message is first and get to know who you are before they're even going to start mm-hmm. communicating with you. So let's say you're um, a personal trainer 
generally you do one-on-one -on -one clients and then you're trying to get more online clients. Does, would this person still be a good person for one day events if they don't have a boot camp, or do you think they should just start a boot camp for the sake of uh, a funnel? No, I think you need, you can do one-on-one -on -one type training. You can do online training. doesn't matter what it is. And the thing, the, if you're going back to my four, four step sales pr process, the last mm -hmm. part is community. Even though they're in your backyard, you you could still have online clients that you bring them in. I mean, figure figure out that you're or make sure you have an online like Facebook group or something like that, or, or even if there's another app that people use where they can communicate, build relationships, and if they are struggling, mm -hmm. where do they get the accountability. So people are establishing relationships there. But if they're in your backyard, still host a live event. Maybe it's a, a health day event for whatever, and you're bringing other people in your community part of it. And then you're converting them to your online type program. You don't need to do group fitness or anything like that. All you need to do is have a way to bring people together to learn and, you know, you can convert them over mm. to your program from there. So it's important to, to build that online community, even if you're an online mm. type trainer. And that, that's, that's the aspect that people always forget. They're like, man, if I'm, if I'm only doing online training, why am I going to yeah. do a live event? But the thing is, it's when you become a personal trainer, you become a trainer, hopefully for the reasons because you want to help people. And, and building those connections and relationships. And people just, I think a lot of trainers forget that. And they kind of just go on the grind and, and just keep chasing mm -hmm. that next client. But they forget about the people that they're helping and building those relationships. And if you can take your mindset off of that and think people first, what can I do to really build a relationship and help them and really care, then that's going to change it that much further. But yeah, I really think even if you're doing online training or if you're doing one-on-one -on -one, uh, in person, um, doesn't matter if you're doing group fitness or if you're doing one-on-one -on -one or, or whatever it is, having one-day events is going to be a, a great way for you to bring people together and in one place and that has a common goal and be able to still convert them over to online okay. type training. All right. So I'm really excited. Okay. So I'm like, all right, guys, we got to do one-day events, no matter if you're online trainer, offline trainer, boot camp, one-on-one, -on -one, you train at them. Okay. Everyone's going to do one-day events. So can you walk me through how we would do that? We've talked about the lead generation, so we don't need to get into that part. But, you know, from the point of someone, you do a little, let's say, mini class at a salon. You got seven technicians, you know, say three of them sign up. Um, now you got some people coming in. You know, how many people, what, uh, what kind of space should you um, be looking for for your event? And since we all know that not everybody shows up when they say they're going to either how, how do you make sure they show up or how do you, what percentage should you expect for your conversion rate yeah so i guess it, the the first start is under, picking a date mm -hmm. time and location and then when you when you have that location that's going to determine how many people that you okay. can have at the event and i always like to estimate a little bit high and every market's a little bit different but kind of knowing your area and the type of people that you're talking to well, let's help you decide, but say I only can hold 20 people. Maybe I'm going to make sure I get 30 people, but you, you have to have that onboarding process even for the events. Like, okay, where, how are they going to register? Are you using a Facebook page? Do you have a registration page um, through a website? Whatever it is, you need to figure out how are you gathering information to make sure that they're going to be there so you can actually follow up and then give them a ton of value before they even come. Like maybe give them a little background about who you are. Maybe talk about like uh, the, some testimonial stories that you have been able to help some people. What should they expect from the, the event? And it would kind of give them, start mapping it out from the day that you actually talk to them so they start getting excited. If you got their phone number, you'll start a texting campaign. Even if you're not paying for a texting service, 
shoot them a text message every once in a while, just, you know, offering a little bit of value or testimonials or how excited you are about them coming to the event, just to make sure that they're keep thinking about it, thinking about the program and thinking about coming to the event. But your onboarding process for an event is no different than the onboarding process to convert them over to the client because it starts right there. If you want to build a raving fan after they sign up, you got to start before they mm. even come to your class. And that's, that's huge. And what people forget is like, okay, they registered. Now I'll just wait for them to come to the event. But they might have forgot about registering, you know, last week. And when the events come and it's like, it's not even on top of their mind and they forgot to put it on their calendar. So from that first day, you got to have an onboarding system to make sure that they're actually going to be signed up. But you have to have a way to collect that information. So if they're registered, they're, they're excited about it. Get their information, phone number, email, whatever it is, and then start a follow-up system you know, mm, from okay. day one. All right. So we got the system. You mentioned if there's 20 people, you'd get 30. So you're saying um, a 66% show-up rate should be what we should at least shoot for? Yeah, it, mm. it's all different in the market. But, you know, I, I would always try to estimate 10 mm. more people extra. Because you, you, can, you can easily say everyone shows up. And say that extra ten shows up, we'll yeah. you know, squeeze them in some way. But I try to I try to do my events outside if it's good weather as much as I can, and that's that's always been helpful. But I've I've also had situations where I host an event and it like for for an example, I did this class at hmm. a elementary school, and I was able to get there on the on the weekends for an event where Janet was there and they they open it up for me early in the morning, and we would have horrible weather, and they didn't really have a gymnasium in there. Their their room hmm. was really small for for it. So I actually utilized the hallways, the stairs, and you know the the, the the foyer, whatever it is, any space I can do. And the the thing is, you can't allow things like this give you an excuse to not have a great mm. experience. So you you can still make the experience awesome because people are gonna they they're coming there because they want to work out. They're coming because they're excited about your program, what you have to do. They don't care about the situation that they're in. And you may have a couple people that are gonna whine and complain about the environment, what it is, but those. Those are probably the people that you don't want to be mm -hmm. part of your program anyways. But learning to adapt of using what you got, you know, is going to make a huge difference and don't allow, you know, situations like that, you know, stop mm -hmm. you from having a great event. I mean, I, I've had some crazy situations where I just literally had one long hallway because it was an event going in a gymnasium at a school where I was supposed to have it, but they double booked me for a reason or for some reason. And only thing I had was this <laughs> hallway. So I had people on both sides and I would just run up and down the hallway and, teaching the class and, you know, doing, doing the best that I can and, you know, end up being a great event. People got a great workout. They got awesome prizes. They sign up new clients and it ended up being really good. So don't allow your situation, you know, stop you from okay. something great. Okay, great. And that's funny because I was actually going to ask you, I was like, what do you do during the event? Do they work out? So walk me through just what's an overview yeah. um, of the event. And one thing that we faced was that Sometimes we had a decent turnout. We even had, you know, someone stand up, give a testimonial of the program and people sounded excited. But if we didn't have enough staffing and it sounded like you were pretty much the, the main guy, people would be like, great. And then they'd walk, we'd lose them. We'd like, don't let them leave before we actually talk to them. So how did you do? I'm sure you had like a system to, of what to do first and second. So yeah. you didn't lose them. The sale, you know, and the offer went great. Um, and how long was the overall event? Yeah, so you always had to have a check-in process. And if it was just me with a, a big class, I would recruit some of my best clients mm. to actually help run that table. So I'd always have a table that's there because if they're if they're really good clients, they've been with me for a while, they have a story, they're excited about what I offer and what they've been receiving, they're gonna they're gonna mm. tell other people about that. So 
I, but I'm, I'm always standing by the check-in as well because I want to meet and greet every single person and I want to get to know if they're a guest. I want to know their name because the thing that people value most in their life is their own name. So if I can be in the class and call someone out by their name, you know, that's going to, that's going to show a lot more value. And they're going to be like, Oh wow. You know, he remembered my name. He called me out in class and he's really cheering me on. He must care. So I want to make sure I'm greeting every single person when they come in and I'm not just allowing everyone to do that. I'll have someone that does the check-in and the prize, you know, tickets and stuff like that, but I'm actually greeting everyone saying, Hey, you know what, go in here hang out, get yourself situated. And we're, we're going to talk about that. But I also preframe is like, Hey, make sure you stick around to the very end because you know, we have some awesome prize giveaways, but we also have an offer mm -hmm. that we're going to be able to get you on, on how you can actually join our program. That way they're already thinking about it. It's mm -hmm. not a surprise at the end. So a lot of people just want to kind of be a surprise at the very end. But if you tell them right from the beginning, be like, Hey, you know, I have an awesome offer that you're not going to want to miss stick around. And then we have some prizes And the way that you keep people around for until then is you don't do the, you don't do the offer giveaway until after, until you mm -hmm. do it before the prizes. So you do the prizes and a thousand dollar giveaway after that, because if they leave, <laughs> I'm not going to mail them prize. Yeah. They have to be present. So, and that, that's how you get people to stay. And if your prize is that stay. good, they have to stay. So the way, yeah. So the way my events always worked and is I mm -hmm. always had the check-in process. I always did about a 45 minute high energy class. After the 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, depending on the time that I had and how big it was, but usually it run about 45 minutes. Then I would have uh, some success stories of some clients that have been with me for a while that has some awesome stories to share. So they'll maybe try to get one or two people to stand up. They talk for about 10, 30 seconds or whatever, just saying how much they love my program and you know what results that they've gotten. They did that. And then we'll talk about our prize giveaway and stack it and you know, irresistible offer. So the mm. without going into too much detail on how to build the offer because they right. spent a whole hour just, just about how to do it. But the key thing is making sure it's 10 times more valued than your regular offer. And you have to have some type of uh, limiter. So it has to be a time limiter or a quantity limiter. So meaning we only allow in so many people to get this offer and you have to sign up before it's gone or you have until mm. the end of this class. Once the end of this mm. class is gone, then you don't get it. So and this is, and today's the only opportunity you can do it. If they walk away, they're not going to get that offer. So you do that offer and then mm -hmm. you do the prize giveaways. So, and make sure you, the people that are interested, you know, get them the paperwork first before you start doing the prizes. Be like, okay, you know, I, I have someone over here. If you're interested in what you have to say, if it's just you, just get them over to the side, give them a piece of paper. Maybe you already have a printout that talks about it. Maybe you have two options. Hey, you can either pay in full and this is what this, this, this offer is, or you can pay monthly and this is what this is. They can start filling that out. They're already seeing the information. And then after you do the prize giveaways, and then you go over and describe, explain what the program is and which offer that they can choose and, and you know, mm. get them onboarded right there. But the, the big thing to keep them to stay is you make sure that you give your offer first and stack it in a way that people can't refuse during your presentation before you do the prize giveaways. If you do the prize giveaways first, there's no reason why. And do you have, since let, let's say... It sounded like your your events were pretty big, but let's say someone's going to use their own space. Uh, let's say they have one of those boot camp CrossFit type of studios, and they get they get twenty five people who show up. That sounds pretty good to me. But that's and that, that's still that's not large, but that's still more than one or even two trainers could if they could talk to everyone. They they might run out of time, right? Because they might get objections. How do you handle that? How do you get people to sign up without? being able to talk to everyone. Yeah. So how do you get people to sign up for a new program without 
Yeah. So let's say you allocate an hour and a half to the event or an hour, you you have the check-in that takes like 15 minutes. Then you have the class that's 45 minutes. And then you have, let's say about a half hour left. So maybe you have uh, 10 minutes to talk about the value and the offer. And then you want to, you know, get people to actually sign up, put down their credit card, get started. Do you need to talk to each person to to get them or do they, is just like a form they might fill out because you might run out of time, right? Before to get to all 25 people. Yeah. So a big thing is you don't want to talk yourself out of the sale. So the more you talk, the more, more reason why you're giving a person Mm -hmm. why they shouldn't be signing up. You already sold them why they want to sign up. So just get them signed up and you don't need to talk to each one of them individual. So say you, say you got a group of people that are interested and you, and you have maybe five or 10 people that are saying, Hey, I want to sign up right now. You got them over to the side. They have a piece of paper. They're looking at it. Then you're just going over there talking about mm. how to get them signed up. Once you get the form and the credit card and the information, then you can say, Hey, I'm going to follow up with each one of you individually to talk about how we're our onboarding process and get you connected, you know, and then just figure out your follow-up system from there, but don't talk yourself out of the sale and give all the deliverables at that moment. Only thing you're focused on is how to get mm-hmm. them signed up right then. And then if they want to stay around for more Q&A and stuff like that, you can do that after you get the papers and everything going. Because some you want to be right. respectful of people's time too. So let them let them do the information and then go. And then you can follow up with them, give them that personal touch. But I also want, want to kind of touch on is, you know, not every event that I had was always, you know, mm-hmm. a, a knockout of the mm-hmm. park and was really big. So I've had events where I've only had 10 people show up to it. But out of those 10 people, there may have been two or three guests, but I know that I'm going to sign up at least one new client. So don't be discouraged if there's only 10 people that come. Yes, it's not as fun. And you, you're you like, man, I was expecting like 50 people here or 30 people. But everybody and every new relationship and every new person counts. So give just as much energy and attention to that small group as you mm-hmm. would to a big group. I mean... But the ones that I've had smaller events too with less people is because I put less time in marketing and, you know, getting people there and tell and telling other people. And those are the ones that I put together last minute where I know I should have put more effort into it. So it all falls back on me and how mm-hmm. well I did it as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. And so even small events could be great. You can sign up people and, you know, let's say you do get the 20 to 30 people who sign up um, and, or, or, and then let's say you mentioned, you know, for lucky five to 10 people come to the side, say like, I'm interested. Do you do a, since you don't have as much time to get over objections, do you do like a 14 day money back guarantee or something just to, to really assuage their worries? Yeah, I mean, if someone's asking, I mean, if if I see hesitance, and you have mm-hmm. to be a good judge of people too. I mean, you got from the time that they you started talking to people about the event, that's when the sales process started. Not from the time that they walked up to your event and checked in and stuff. So they already mm-hmm. knew that they were going to be sold too, and then you even preframed them before they before yeah. they even started your class. So it's not unexpected and. When people are getting the form, they're kind of hesitating. You know, you you could kind of pick out who those type of people are. Maybe they're just not writing or they're just still thinking about it or they're just chit-chatting with their neighbor because they're discussing which classes. I mean, whatever it is, I'm going to go and get go over there and, and talk about, like, hey, what questions do you have so we can get you set up and onboarded mm-hmm. and, you know, off to the right track. But not everyone's going to have that. If you see someone that's writing out and they're getting their information and they're going to give it to you, leave them alone, let them finish it, get the paper so they can get out of there and so you can start, you know, move on with your day. But the people that are look like that they're not writing down as much or they're maybe chit chat with their neighbor, go over there and give them, you might have a little bit of conversation. It could be just 
uh, scenario where they're there with their friend and their guest and they're talking to them about the program. They're just trying to figure out which days are going to be the best, best days and times that they can come together. So it may not be anything with the program. They're just kind of discuss the details in that. But you'll, you'll know who needs to go talk, who you need to talk to and who not to. But by this time, they should already mm. know what to expect about your program. So there shouldn't be a whole lot of objection. If there is objections, then, you know, then you'll just have to work through it case by case. But by this point, they, they should have a lot of their questions already answered. And I also want to point out, too, that the people that are there, they're going to be higher quality type people that are already excited by your program because they're referrals of well, a lot of them are going to be referrals from people that are already taking mm-hmm. your program and have talked you up. So the type of people that are going to be there, it's not like they haven't asked questions or didn't know about it before. They're, they're the type of people that's like, hey, you know what? You know, this client of mine has been with me for three months, six months, 10 years, and they brought a guest. They already know a little bit about nice. who you are and what you have to offer. So the selling process isn't going to be as difficult as it is someone that just came there. And if they just come came there, more than likely they pre-registered, which you should have addressed and got them excited and answered a lot of questions in the onboarding mm-hmm. process before it. the event. Okay, I love it. I love it. So basically, it's it's interesting because we're changing the whole idea of sales and the sales process. Since you mentioned this really interesting four-step sales system, and you're you're creating that relationship and the communication, and really during that part, you're kind of getting addressing their concerns. So really, when you ask for the sale, you've already been pre-sell. You know, you've re, you pre-framed it. So. That, that makes a lot more sense to me. I love it. I did have one last question. So when I was curious if the one day event, if I'm understanding if some of it is similar to, so when I was running the gym in Brooklyn, what we did is we, we lots of similar things. We would do a lot of flyers. We would talk to them. Then from they would agree to a Now the thing here is we do a free class at the gym because we had classes every day. And so we did the free pass system, but it wasn't just like, here's a free pass. We would literally call them and say, hey, are you going to come to the class? Then they'd come and they would make sure to talk, say their name, try to answer some of the questions, ask them about their health background, tour them the gym. Then they'd get to take the class. And after we would talk to them about some offers. So of course, I still think, I think the one day events are great. Once you can understand how to do it well, what do you think? Do you, would you say that's kind of in this? So since this isn't an event, it's just a one day thing. And it, it, I mean, it's a, a one person thing. So they come in on their own schedule after after work. How would you say the pros and cons are they? Would you say, well, there's a key difference here, Christy? Or would you say, well, that's actually really similar. But because of the way your gym is set up, that worked better. I'm just curious on your thoughts on that. Are you talking about like people can show up anytime for this workshop or event after work? Or are you talking about it's actually an organized mm. event that you're setting on? Sorry. Okay. So I should give you come. more context. So the gym I had in Brooklyn, we did, we were just more like a regular boutique studio, kind of, let's say yoga, maybe some cycling, right? So we have classes every day. And what we would do is we would invite people, we'd talk, we'd go out, pass out flyers, talk to people and invite them to take a class when it worked for them for their schedule. And we do a lot of things that you kind of mentioned where we would, you know, kind of communicate with them, text them to make sure they show up for the time they meant they requested. We'd call them. And then before, and when they came in, we would, read them by name, show them around the gym, ask them questions about their goals, then put them into class and then pitch them on the the gym and the memberships and, and, and some training. So I'm just curious since that was that so that worked for us and we try we hadn't really 
crack the nut on the one day thing, even though we've done a few. So I was wondering your thoughts on, did you also do free passes where, and kind of do some, some of those similar uh, sales strategies with your, your bootcamp classes where people could just show up with their friend and then you could sell them after. And then this was more of a supplement or would you say like, Christy, this is a, there's a key difference here and why? Yeah, they're two separate things. And I always, I, I never turn down anyone that, to come down to try a class or if one of my clients want to bring a guest so they can come anytime and the events mm -hmm. was just a separate thing mm -hmm. to bring in more people and get them excited so i mean ideally if they're just coming in i'm not going to offer them the same deal that i'm going to offer people mm -hmm. at the events and if say i i don't have another event for two or three months going from the time that they tried out a class well i'm not going to wait two or three months to sign them up on a program i'm going to talk to them about my program right right then and there but the, the thing is, what people forget about, mm -hmm. and this is a whole nother conversation, is the sales actual process and the talk. And where a lot of people fail at sales is they allow the client or prospect to lead the conversation versus you. And you have to learn to control the conversation and where it's going to go. And just saying, okay, well, what, what are your goals and what you want to achieve? And you're trying to address them. Yeah, that's good. But you're not really digging deep because people are emotional buyers and you got to get down to the emotional part. And that's when I was talking to you about before about like the four steps of the future, like understand where do they want to go and why do they want to get there? And I know it sounds cliche to say your why, but it's the truth. Like there, there has to be something bigger that's driving them to be able to do, to lose the weight, to get stronger, to even want to come see you in the first place. And you got to really figure out what is that so you can use that to your advantage, but also over deliver and be on that, make sure that, Hey, I, your goal is to lose 20 pounds so you can actually you know walk your walk your daughter down the aisle you know at their wedding and you know that's a strong why for you and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you get there so understand what that future is and their why and then understand where they're at presently so if they need to lose that weight where where are they at presently and what do we need to do to help them get to their vision and their ambitions to to do what they want to do and then what are the roadblocks of why they couldn't get to the point before so are they emotional eaters, are they stressed at work? Are they always on the road because they have a sales job or something like that? Or what is, what is the roadblocks that's doing it? And then creating a plan for them. And by the time you get to that plan, you already had such a great conversation of you know really painting a picture of what it is. And you're leading that conversation, mm -hmm. not letting them say what they want. They come in, it's like, hey, you know what? I just, I'm just looking for a good gym to work out. It's like, okay, great. But we don't accept everyone. Not everyone's a good fit for our gym. And we want to make sure that you're a good fit for, for what we have to offer. And to do so, I need to understand mm -hmm. where you're at, where you want to go. And so it, it's the same thing of mm -hmm. knowing the problem and the solution, but you're just making it that much deeper. And you're showing that you, you're more genuine, you care about them. So learning to control that, that situation and the conversation and really building a plan. But the other thing is, as a, as a, as a personal trainer, mm -hmm. you have to know your message as well. And a lot of trainers, more often than not, like when I when I first start a conversation with a personal trainer and say they're coming to me for coaching advice or something like that, and I ask them, I was like, great, well, who, who's your client? And they say, oh, the general public who just wants to lose weight. That is like the mm -hmm. common answer I get from everyone. And to me, it just blows me away because they're, you know, without getting too deep, but there's a big difference between being an expert and a specialist. So when you're, even as a personal trainer, we still have to have a specific type of person that we want to attract that we want to help with. Yes, we can all help people lose weight, but who's the right type of person we want to do? Are you going to be that general uh, box gym personal trainer just going to go in and just treat every symptom? Yeah, you can do that, but then you're only going to get paid 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour or per session. Or do you want to be that person that's getting charged or you're able to charge $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 for your program 
and specialized specifically for this, you know, this problem that they have. So you really got to understand what who your niche is, what problems you want to want to do. But a mm-hmm. lot of personal trainers don't even know their own message. So you got to understand that too. You have to understand who you can help and don't just take everyone. Mm-hmm. Stay within your lane. So if you, but during that conversation, only talk about the things that they want to help with and don't talk about things mm-hmm. that you think they need help with too. So just kind of stay in there. So you can tell them what they need to know, mm-hmm. but really give them what they need. So tell them what they want, mm-hmm. but really deliver what they need. So yeah. a lot of people yeah. forget about I that. I like that. Well. And I, that was interesting because it was like, how do you control the conversation? And you explained it by saying, just understanding what they want to do. And then once you get to the point of having a plan, then you're pretty much guiding them. So that's, I see how you control. Okay. I like that. Exactly. And I also like the know your message and make sure to try to be a specialist so that you can differentiate yourself, but speak more specifically on a topic. And yeah, that's so important. The millennials these days don't want to join a big box gym. Um, they want something special or have a trainer that's yeah. special. So I love it. So thank you. I think we like got so, we covered so much, JR. Thank you, Luke. Your sales techniques, sales <laughs> message process, and these one day events, which is Wow. Like, I love that everyone, this is different. This is very, very different. This is, I mean, I I thought we were going to come on here and start talking about how to get leads on social media or something, but this is, this is different. And I love the, uh, the lunch and learn that that's something that is just different things are compliments to just add up to your, your sales process. And so this is awesome. So did you have anything else you want to add? And how can, you know, how can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about these sales events and these sales techniques? Yeah, I mean, of course, I can go over a lot more information. But if they want to connect with me, you know, they can find me on any social media site, mm-hmm. uh, either Instagram or Facebook, okay. just looking up J.R. Spear. Just shoot me a, a DM and start a conversation. I promise you I'm not going to try to sell you. As I said before, I want to get to know more about you and make sure that, that we're even a good fit. But I'm not going to turn down someone if they just have a basic question or if they, you know, uh, just something simple, I'll, I'll answer it and I'll be genuine. And, you know, I, I have a heart to help. So I want to be able to help as many people as possible. But just find me on social media. That's the best way. Um, join my free Facebook community at 100kfitpro.com uh, or just on Facebook group at 100kfitpro. You know, I have some questions that you got to answer to be able to join the group, but those are nice, the best nice. ways to, to probably check. I have to join me. the group too. And I know that you, you have a upcoming program, right? A 90 day program that you could, that could really help some trainers out. Yeah. So that's funny that you mentioned that. Cause I just kind of put a soft <laughs> announcement out last week about it, but I found, I found a need where a lot of people, they aren't looking for long-term mm-hmm. type coaching, but they just need something like, like you said, like brand new trainer or someone that's looking to transition out of their current situation. And my big thing is I want to help personal trainers fire their boss, get out of their current gym or wherever they're working at so they can slowly build a profitable um, business of their own. And uh, my 90-day program is going to give them pretty much in 90 days where I'm going to walk them through on how to, to set up their one-day events. Everything from the you know the mindset, knowing who your client is, to setting up to, to how to get leads and people to your event, how to find the location to do your event if you don't have a location, and then the onboarding process afterwards. So after you do your event, you got people signed up. What does it look like so that you can service more people at one time without yeah. taking away more time from you, but being a little more efficient with that? So the 90-day event that we're going to be doing is pretty much talking about the one-day events, everything from start to finish, and you know help you close and add another three to five thousand plus more to your yeah. recurring revenue. Yes, who doesn't um, want that? Line. 
90 days to three thousand five thousand dollars more all right so all right so make sure to uh message jr if you want to be part part of his program it sounds amazing and he's definitely doing something different and has some really unique strategies and great testimonials on his facebook page so he's transformed a lot of life so definitely recommend him thanks for taking the time and sharing all your insider secrets thank you so much for having me thanks for listening the key to keeping your immunity boost fat blast online only fitness challenge engaging is to offer an amazing $1,000 valued prize to the person who loses the most weight so this isn't a new trick this is probably a strategy you've used in an in-person fitness challenge but to make it super engaging is you want to do weekly check-ins either via Zoom or Facebook Live to recognize the top challengers for the week, the people who won the most amount of points and who have participated a lot. This weekly check-in is also a great way to keep the energy flowing in your fitness community. And although people won't put a monetary value on it, they definitely feel appreciative to have a social outlet and to connect with people that they know in person. So basically a weekly live video that I would suggest to have a topic where you teach them about immunity, eating and exercise will keep everything engaging. And especially during the time when everyone's really bored, they'll have something to look forward to. This social aspect where you're recognizing top challengers, you're uh, allowing people who know each other to socialize in this virtual safe way will really make your challenge fun and exciting. Finally, don't forget to keep talking about this awesome $1,000 prize that someone's going to win when they lose the most amount of weight or reach the most amount of points, depending on how you set up your Immunity Boost Fat Blast Fitness Challenge. Oh, I have three freebies. Number one, get your full edited transcription with bullet points of the key lessons from today's show on our website, fitnesssecrets.co. That's fitnesssecrets with an S at the end dot C-O. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter, which gets you access to our monthly freebie marketing and operations content that you can use for your own fitness business. Freebie number two. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe to the show in your podcast player by hitting the subscribe button. Since the show happens because of listeners like you, could you also leave a review? If you email us your review at support at fitnessecrets.co, you'll receive a complimentary one-hour coaching call with me and a $150 credit towards the first challenge that we will be releasing soon. Finally, freebie number three. We started the Fitness Secrets Facebook group. I know thinking and designing of new marketing campaigns, planning out your operations each month for your fitness clients is exhausting. Our goal is for the group to help you plan out your marketing, plan out your operations so you can get more of clients efficiently. To join, go to facebook.com and search Fitness Business Secrets. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.